Hello, everyone, and welcome to our teleseminar series for the Nonfiction Authors Association. Today's event is with a longtime friend of NFAA, Sandra Beckwith, and we're going to be talking about how to get more book reviews. I'm Stephanie Chandler, your host. Always appreciate you taking time to join us. As a reminder, we have the phone lines muted, and this session is recorded. This event will last 30 minutes. Recordings are available to authority and VIP members of the Nonfiction Authors Association. If you happen to be new to us, in addition to event recordings, our members receive many benefits, including exclusive templates, checklists, and other content released weekly, media leads sent out by email every Friday, access to our active member community on Facebook, free admission to local chapter meetings happening across the U.S. and U.K., discounts off our year-round nonfiction book awards program, our nonfiction writers' conference events, as well as our online courses and author toolkits, and discounts with our awesome partners, including Ingram Spark, Lulu, Findaway Voices, Office Depot, and more. Please learn more about us over at nonfictionauthorsassociation.com. And now I'm thrilled to introduce our guest today. Sandra Beckwith is an author and national award-winning former publicist who now teaches authors how to save thousands of dollars by doing their own publicity, promotion, and marketing. You might have seen her on the Montel Williams Show or CBS This Morning or read about her in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, or USA Today. Feedspot has her ranked has ranked her website, Build Book Buzz, as number seven among thousands of book marketing blogs. It has also been named a top website for authors and writers for other times. Sandy, thank you so much for joining us today. It's always fun to chat with you. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm always honored to be included, and we have got such an important topic to cover today that I'm especially excited to be participating today. Well, and when I wanted to cover book reviews, you immediately popped to mind because one of the things I love about you is that integrity matters to you as it does to me and in everything we do. And in book reviews, integrity is very important. And, you know, there's this concept of, of paid book reviews, and we had a discussion about it. I wanted to be really clear that there are editorial type reviews and then there's other types of reviews, and we don't want to be encouraging anyone to ever pay for a review. Um, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, there, is, and that brings up this topic of there are two different types of re- reviews, really, for books. There are the reader reviews, which are actually more like comments about books, for the most part, rather than true reviews, and they show up primarily on Amazon and Goodreads, and then there are some other sites um, where you can find them. But the two big players are Amazon and Goodreads. And then there are um, literary reviews, which are also known as editorial reviews or trade reviews or media reviews. And what these are, are um, it's, for example, let's say the New York Times book review or book section reviewed your book. Imagine everybody's, you know, big dream getting a New York Times review. Um, or even a trade journal, you know, um, it could be a, a trade journal in the industry that your book is about, that publication might review your book and publish the review. So that's an editorial or a trade or a media or a literary review. In both cases, you don't pay for the reviews. 
with exceptions. For self-published authors, Kirkus Reviews, for example, has an option where you can buy a review or pay for a review. But the key point here is that even if you pay for it, it is still an objective review. You, you get no bias because you've paid for it. It is still objective. And because it's objective, it could be a negative review. But because you've paid for it with Kirkus, if you don't like it, it can disappear magically, just like that, into the Ethernet somewhere. It never sees the light of day if you don't like it, but you don't get your money back. But so, so with that kind of a program, that integrity is built into it, but you're protected because you don't have to use a negative or a bad or a less than flattering review if you don't want to. So again, there's reader reviews and these literary reviews. And Stephanie, I think today we'll focus on reader reviews for the most part, right? Exactly. And we just wanted to make this really clear that if you're going to pay for a review, it should be from a reputable source because we've also seen in the past other authors using things like Fiverr to purchase reviews. And we are wholeheartedly against any kind of practice like that. Right, Sandy? Yes. As a matter of fact, Amazon prohibits purchased reviews. Yeah. So if you do any of these, um, they really have to be um, from an editorial source like the Kirkus Indie Program, um, or it, it can't show up on Amazon. Yep. Good. I'm so glad we were clear about that. So thank you. We've gotten that out of the way. Um, can you start by explaining why reviews, particularly on Amazon, are just so important for authors? Yeah, that's such a great question, Stephanie, and it, and it frustrates me in some respects because they are so important, but, but they are. And in marketing terms, reader reviews provide air quotes around this term, social proof. And social proof is, is exactly that. It is evidence to other book lovers that somebody has read or has paid for, probably, read and enjoyed your book. It is, it is evidence, and social proof is exactly that. It's evidence. But it's evidence that you aren't the first one to read that book. Um, it's like the um, good housekeeping seal of approval for books. It is something that says this has been tested. It's a safe use of your money. So on, say, for example, Amazon, these, these reader reviews, first of all, tell somebody who's new to your book. They see that let's say you've got 15 reviews. So first off, up at the top on um, your book listing on Amazon, there's a, an average, a reader review average and it's in stars that are colored in, and it will say 15 reviews. So right off, you see that as soon as you get to that book listing, and, and as a reader, you think, oh, 15 people, at least 15 people have read it, obviously, and these 15 had a strong enough opinion to leave a review. That tells me that I'm not the first one, that this is not an, um, undiscovered, and it's probably worth my time. And then, of course, if your average review shown on the screen above the 15 reviews, if it's like four and a half stars out of five, that tells that same person that, you know, those 15 people really liked that book. So it's, 
it's evidence that it's a safe investment. That's really what it comes down to. It's just talks pe- it really talks people into buying your book because we're all busy. You know, Stephanie, we're all busy. It is so hard to find the time to read for most of us. So when we do, we don't want to waste that time. It's also about money. We don't want to waste our money on books that aren't good. But I think for many of us, our time is just as valuable as our money when it comes to books. And we just want to make sure that we're putting our time into something that's worthwhile. Now, on Amazon, the other reason that these reader reviews is so important is that the the more reviews you get on Amazon, the more subtle marketing support Amazon provides to you. And Stephanie, you know, those of us who don't work for Amazon don't really know what the magic number is. It used to be yeah. 35. You know, the folklore was that it was 35. Um, lately I've heard that now it's up to 50. Uh, hard for us to really know, but, you know, the goal is you want as many reviews as possible and you want them to be good reviews. And, Stephanie, you know as well as anybody, the best way to get a good review is to write a great book. Yeah, and it's, yeah, I know as a shopper myself, I'm a huge online shopper, and reviews have a tremendous impact in my buying decisions. Without and question. that's whether it's books, it's whether it's books or mattresses, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely, and yeah. they they give us also cues to whether this book is a good fit for us. So even if you've got, say, a two-star review, Stephanie, you and I might have different tastes, and you might say, um, I gave it two stars because it had too much um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I might read your review, and I might say, "Whoa, I love too much sex, drugs, and rock and roll." I'm All right, this book. you know. So, so and of course, this sums both of us up in a nutshell. Of course, but that they those reviews can also give readers cues to whether the content is a good fit for them as well. Absolutely, yes. So, and that's what we do, right? We look to the most negative review, and we look to the most positive review, and sometimes negative reviews work in your favor so in fact i got a negative review on my uh my book marketing book last month and it was like three stars and she said oh this was so overwhelming now i realize i have so much to do and i thought you know what (laughs) that's a compliment (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'll take that negative review so um, stephanie what what that says to somebody else is wow, this book is packed with information. I have to buy it. Absolutely. And forget the fact that that review was written by a fellow author and why she would post that. I can't even wrap my head around it. But, uh, yes, so it's going to tell other readers that there's a lot of information there. Uh, So reviews are so important, but we've also been hearing a lot about Amazon cracking down on reviews and a lot of people complaining reviews are disappearing. Can you talk to us a little bit about Amazon's review policies and what's going on over there? Yeah, this is really important. And um, I, I honestly believe that the majority of authors don't, don't know Amazon's policies on reviews. First of all, 
um, you don't have to buy the book on Amazon to review it. And that's a, that's a big misconception out there. People think if you didn't buy it on Amazon, you can't review it. Not true. You can get it as a gift. You can borrow it from a friend. You can borrow it from the library. You can steal it from your neighbor. You can get it from a little free library next to a sidewalk in a park. You don't have to buy it to review it. So that's important to know. On the other hand, you have to have a valid Amazon account to leave a review for any product, in fact. And you have to have spent at least $50 over the lifetime of that account. So, you know, Amazon's been up and running for a long time, and most Amazon users have hit that 50 you know, with close to their first order. So that usually isn't a roadblock for people. So that's sort of the, the basics. And then beyond that, uh, people you are related to, in particular people who share a household with you, cannot review your books. That is strictly prohibited by Amazon. So if, um, if you're married, your spouse can't review your book. Your kid can't review your book, that sort of thing. And Amazon has all of this figured out. You know, they will look for a common last name. And if it's the same last name as yours, it's a good chance they're going to remove that review. And the reason Amazon does that is because it places value on honest reviews. And that phrase is so key, honest reviews. These reviews, whether it's really books or another product, they exist to help the buyer make an informed purchasing decision. And if those reviews aren't honest, then the buyer can't make an informed purchase because the reviews um, skew one way in the wrong direction. And that's not giving the buyer the honest, authentic, and valid input they need to make a purchase decision. So Amazon is all about honest reviews. And they think if there's a possibility that the reviewer knows the author, that the review can't possibly be honest. Now, that's not necessarily true. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But Amazon doesn't care if it isn't necessarily true. All Amazon wants to um, have up there is objective reviews, completely unbiased reviews. So it's really important to know that that's sometimes why these reviews disappear, is that Amazon, through its magic that we'll call algorithms and all kinds of other magical techniques, is able to determine when there are connections between people. And when it identifies connections, uh, it will, chances are, possibly not always, just possibly it will remove the review. Now, one thing you can do to make sure that that doesn't happen to you is um, a lot of times when people want somebody to buy their book, they go into Amazon and they search for their title, and they uh, the book shows up, they click on it, and then they select the URL at the top of the screen, which is a really, really long string of characters that includes the search terms. When that author shares that long URL with many, many, many people, Amazon picks up on that. Amazon says, oh, this one particular search yielded all these purchases and all these reviews 
because they came from one particular search, they must all be connected. I think perhaps they aren't valid. They might know the author. So the way to do that is to you delete all of the characters. I think it's after I, I don't even want to say what it is. Let me say this. To get to get the a clean link for your book to share with people, whether it's reviews or anything else, go to my blog and select let me pull it up. It's um it's buildbookbuzz.com. That's the URL you want to use. There is on the buildbookbuzz.com slash blog. It takes you right to the blog. On the right side, you can scroll down to the search bar. And I am going to, yeah, type in Amazon link. Just type in Amazon link, and you'll get a blog post. You'll get search results. And the top one is easiest way to get your books. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. Sorry. That's not going to help you. That's um, your Amazon Associates link, which you also want. Okay, here it is. It's the second article. The right way to save your book's Amazon sales page link. The right way to save your book's Amazon sales page link. And I have written instructions in a short video that shows you how to do it. And if you follow those instructions, it will help eliminate some of the problems for you. Excellent. That's just great, great advice. Um, so, so soliciting Amazon reviews, you're allowed to ask people to review your book, right? Um, yes. So can you explain how to begin researching reviewers? So, for example, one of my favorite strategies has long been to look at people who've reviewed similar titles to mine and and reach out to them. How would you go about finding those types of reviewers on Amazon? Stephanie, it used to be a lot easier. There used to yeah. be software <laughs> that would do that for you, and, and that software doesn't work anymore because Amazon has shut it down. Amazon no longer makes that reviewer information uh, available. So now you have to hunt for it. And while I still like that method, and while I still like that you can, you know, through Google searches, you perhaps can get to the website of somebody has re who has reviewed a similar book, sometimes that just it yields nothing. And it, it's time-consuming, and it can yield nothing, yeah. which was why that software was so amazing. So, you know, let me give you some suggestions about other ways to find appropriate reviewers. Um, one is... I, ho I hope everybody has an email list. That's my starting point for, for reader reviews. If you've got an email list, it has people who have opted in. They have de declared themselves interested in the content that you write and provide. So they are an excellent starting point. You, you, know, you send out an email and say, who wants a free copy to review? And by the way, there's the F word, and that's very, very important free. To get reader reviews, like it or not, you need to give away review copies at no charge. You need to identify the right people to review your book, and then you need to give them free copies of your book. It will not cannibalize your sales. Don't worry about that, because in exchange for giving away these free copies, you will get reviews, you, and you will get good word of mouth. You will get social media shares that will be helpful to, with you for reaching a wider audience, all of those good things. 
So, you know, I like using your email list. Um, social media can help you, if, you know, whether you're on Twitter or LinkedIn. And, of course, the network that you use has to be one that your target reader uses. So, for example, if your audience is um, under 30 in age, you should be using Instagram. And there you can post something that says, hey, you know, first 15 people who respond with a DM, a direct message, um, I, I'll give you a free ebook to review of my new book, Yada Yada. Um, but please remember, um, this, this book is in exchange for an honest review. And then you get in touch, and there are parameters that, that are linked to this. But um, you need to give away books, and so you can find those people through your email list, through social media. Facebook groups can be really helpful for this. Certain types of books exist to connect authors with readers who will review the book. Then there are also um, paid services like NetGalley and BookFunnel and several more that are just like them that put you, it's a subscription service for you. It's free for the readers. But they, they feed your, a digital copy of your book to readers who have signed up to read and review those books. So you've got a number of options, but the common denominator in all of them, Stephanie, is you've got to give books away to get reviews. It's really that simple, and I know that that sort of goes against instincts for many people, but it's, it's just an absolute necessity. And you know, and you tell them, I, I need you to leave an honest review. Sometimes people say, if you like it, please leave a review. Up to you to decide if you want to add that qualifier. And Stephanie, when your latest book came out last fall, did, did you use that language, if you like it? Or did you just say, just please leave a review? You know, I may have done both. I honestly don't remember. Um, but I'm always really careful about that because this is another issue where you can violate Amazon's terms, right, by request requiring that people only post if they, you know, a five-star review or giving them any outside incentive other than the free product, right? Yeah, exactly. You can't give them some kind of a bonus in exchange for their review, by any means. Um, and that makes me think of another thing. I know you, Stephanie, that you did, you put together a street team. And street teams are, are built, they exist to generate reviews. And with a street team, you, you know, you recruit them in advance, you give them a digital copy of the book well in advance so they've got time to read it, and then you give them specific instructions for what you expect them to do in exchange for that free book. And those instructions should include things like on launch day or soon after launch day, please go to my Amazon sales page, here's the URL, and leave an honest review because that's why a street team exists. It's to help you get the word out on the street about your new book. And one of, their, one of the ways they are obligated to do that is to read and leave an honest review and you also generally ask them to share news of the book on social media, share their reviews even on social media, you know, share the book cover around, things like that. Um, and a great way to put together your street team is starting with that email list again. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and also know that your street team, 100% of them are not going to actually post reviews. I it's had a over numbers 300. Game. It's such a numbers game with reviews. I had over 300 people on my team, and it generated about 35 reviews. So, you know, just over 10% of them actually took time to post a review. <laughs> so yeah, it's a little that's, disappointing. That's interesting. But that's it's a, well, it's, yeah. it is disappointing, and it's a reality check-in. And Stephanie, let's let's just be frank here. If there's if there's one word that's associated with being an author, it's often disappointing or disappointing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, people are constantly disappointed. You know, their friends and family um, didn't buy the book. Not only did they not buy it, since they didn't buy it, they didn't leave a review, which is fine because that's against Amazon's terms anyway. But people, authors are always so disappointed in who does not support them. And um, you just that's something you just got to let go of because people are always going to disappoint you. And you might not write what they read. You might not be writing the kinds of books they want to read, and you have to understand and accept that. Absolutely, and not take it personally. Reviews are just tough. Uh, and in the short amount of time we have left, Sandy, any other tips you want to give on reviews or how do you feel about Goodreads, that kind of thing? Um, Goodreads, I believe, is much better for fiction than for nonfiction. It's, yeah. it's good for nonfiction, and you should have an author account there, and you should, you know, link your blog to it, um, but the but but. The majority of Goodreads users are talking about fiction, not nonfiction. But I think you still need a presence there because it gives you legitimacy as an author. I just don't think it should be a big part of your review strategy. But when it it should be, you know, part of it, but not a big part. And the key to using Goodreads is to always use it as a reader, not as an author. Goodreads users don't like authors who are promotional in any way shape or form and it can get really ugly there just just really ugly so always use goodreads um, as an as a reader not as an author in promo mode um, do not ever respond to reviews of your book there um, the reviewers on goodreads in particular get creeped out when authors comment on their reviews it's like you are peeking in their windows and they don't like it it's a whole different dynamic than you might find somewhere else. So have your author account, have a presence there, but don't obsess about it. Oh, such good advice, Sandy. Um, it, I guess I want to bring this home with um, any last thoughts. What were we going to talk about? Sorry, I just completely blew my train of thought. Um on generating, oh, I know what it was going to be, about just getting in the habit of asking, right? And I'm guilty of this myself. In fact, I had reached out to an author and to invite her to be a guest on this teleseminar series, and they said, I read your book last year. I really loved it. And she wrote back, and she said, hey, would you mind posting a review on Amazon? And it was like smack myself upside the head, like I should have done that anyway, and kudos to her for her automatic response was ask for the review. Don't you think that's a great habit we should all be getting into? 
Absolutely, especially when somebody sends you an email that says, oh, my gosh, I love your book. It changed my life. You know what you do? First of all, you thank them. You respond in other ways that might be appropriate. And then you say, um, would you mind taking just a few extra minutes and copying and pasting those remarks into Amazon as a reader review? Here is the link to the review section <laughs> on my sales page. Just click on it, copy and paste this information that you just shared with me and, you know, and hit submit. I would be so grateful because reviews from people like you help others decide if this book will help them or not. But you know, Stephanie, you also remind me of one other thing I wanted to share. You really want to make it as easy as possible for people to review your book. And whether you are giving them a free copy or they've bought a copy, you can make it easier for them by walking them through the review process. And I actually have created a template for that. It's called the Reader Book Review Form. And I've got one for fiction and one for nonfiction. But it is a two-page fill-in-the-blank PDF that asks readers questions about the book. And for nonfiction, the questions, you know, obviously are geared to nonfiction books. It asks them, it asks them the key questions that other readers want to know about the book. They move through the form. They answer the handful of questions. And in the end, they can do a quick copy and paste of their answers into a review block in the form, and then when they've got it all pulled together that way, they can then copy and paste that onto Amazon or Goodreads in the review section. So I've sort of demystified it, and the reason I thought of this when you talked about writing a review yourself, I'm just like you, and that's why I developed this form. I, I sort of sat back one minute and thought, one moment and thought, why, why am I so reluctant to write reviews? Why am I procrastinating? It's because I never knew where to start, even though I'm a writer. I never quite knew where to start. And I thought, i got to figure out a process for this. And then once I figured it out and used it for myself and saw how it, you know, cut this down to literally just minutes, I thought, well, now I've got to make it available to other authors. And anybody who wants to see, you know, and, and with the form, I give you a social media image you can share and um, instructions on how to use it. And I even give you talking points for a guest blog post so that you can blog about the importance of reader reviews and how they help other readers. And information on that is at readerbookreviewform.com. That's readerbookreviewform.com. Awesome. Glad I remembered. Love that. No, that's that sounds like a fantastic tool. Make it as easy as possible. We all need to get in the habit. I personally have a policy. I will never, ever, ever, ever write a negative review about another author's book. Ever, ever, ever. It's bad me, karma. Me too. <laughs> and, yeah. and you know what, though, Stephanie, that can be hard. It can. Yeah, it can be it hard. Can. Um, I just I just read uh, Mary Higgins Clark book that um, was so bad. I, it, it read like it was written by um, an intern. It was oh. awful. And I was so disappointed. And, of course, she's not writing her own books now. She's 89. Right. And I don't know who's doing it for her. And I it was so awful that I was tempted to write a review. But then I thought, nope, bad karma. Yeah, bad karma. Keep it, 
keep it to yourself except for Stephanie and her whole audience. Yeah, let's, like, support each other with reviews. I think that's the best way to go. Yeah, uh, Sandy, you're amazing. Remind everyone where your blog is located. It's loaded, by the way. Sandy's got one of my absolute favorite publishing blogs. Tell us where to find that. Thank you, Stephanie. It's buildbookbuzz.com slash blog. And if you would like to subscribe to my free newsletter, you get uh, book marketing tips in your inbox every week. That is buildbookbuzz.com slash gift. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today and always being so generous with the, the helpful Thank information. You. We really always appreciate a pleasure. You. And thanks to all of our listeners for joining us today. As a reminder, we conduct our teleseminars every Wednesday. You can check the schedule or sign up for our mailing list to get notifications about events over at nonfictionauthorsassociation.com. Hope you all have a fantastic day.